Hi, I'm Lydia with Revelation Real Estate, and today in Solving Life Sex Chapter, I'm super excited because we have two amazing guests with us. We have Dr. Vahan and Kano. I'm going to let you both introduce yourselves. So um, this kind of came about because Dispatch Health happens to be one of our sponsors. So I am so excited to have you and very, very honored to have you both here. Thank you very much. You're very kind. Thank you. So tell us, tell us who you are and how you, how you became part of the Native American community. Sure. Well, uh, my name is uh, Vahan Setian, and uh, I am a healthcare consultant. Uh, I have my own firm, and <clears throat> I have built uh, post-acute agencies throughout three states, California, New Mexico, and, and Arizona. So after, after doing some work for the last 10 years, I, I had Navajo Nation reach out to me, and they wanted to help me uh, and help them with uh, their elder care. Okay. And so you 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 kind of drive out there. Yeah. I, I went to Window Rock. Uh, spoke with some council delegates there, and uh, we we kind of determined that there is no health care. Right. Uh, it's all smoke and mirrors, really. But the good thing is that there there was some infrastructure there, and so, but I had to take the leap. I had to make a decision whether uh, I'm there full time, on my own dime. Or do I just continue uh, what I was doing without having any consideration of what I saw? Right. But the thing is, when you're a healthcare professional, you you kind of can't forget what you saw. Right. You know the devastation. Let's say uh, grandma hitchhiking to see her own doctor. Let's say 40 miles away. Right. Um, people in dire situations, veterans uh, with no water and so forth. So you kind of say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take the leap. Right. So um, after several years of going back and forth and driving back and forth between Phoenix and Window Rock to Shiprock, uh, a lot of miles put on the car, and uh, all alone most of the time. You know, mm -hmm. I, I did have a mentor with me. He was His name was uh, Matthew Byrne, and he was with me going back and forth. Okay. But, but it was mostly, you know, all alone trying to fix something. Uh, at a at a grand level, and right. and even though there's Indian Health Service, uh, private hospitals, and so forth, um, you you see the demographic is still suffering. So right. something is wrong. So right. we we thought maybe we can uh, bring in a service, whatever that service is, right. and kind of close the gap in healthcare. Right. So eventually, after four or five years, the the president of the Navajo Nation, the former one, Russell Begay. Uh, he gave me an agreement uh, to provide hospice and palliative service across three states. Okay. It was the first agreement ever in U.S. history to wow. be given to a anyone, let alone hospice. Right. Even the word hospice itself was on the newspaper, and wow. so that's that was something new for the Native community. Right. And eventually, we were in uh, Navajo Times, and then uh, we did a testimony in, at the, the at the U.S. Senate level. And eventually, we started working with uh, you know uh, state officials and uh, city councilmen, and uh, our doctor collaborative grew. So we started speaking with doctors around the nation right. in Arizona and so forth. So now we're in a spot where we have the Navajo Nation Farm Board and its president in our collaborative. Okay. Um, we have the former chairman of the National Indian Health Board in our collaborative. Wow. And uh, many others. Right. So who are basically convinced that something is wrong right. and we have the opportunity for us to fix that. Well, healthcare in general is broken, but yeah. but this the, what the uh, Native Americans are going through is even worse worse oh, yeah. conditions. So, um so you are the first I just want to get this out real quick. You are the first in history yeah, as a non-native to be an appointed tribal official as an authorized agent within the Navajo Nation okay. under the auspices of the Farm Board, okay. uh, which they teamed up for us to provide dietary produce uh, for the cancer patients. Okay. It was a very unique kind of a structure. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then, Kano, you you tell us who you are, because you are obviously very famous. Oh, man, don't you know who I wished I was? <laughs> That's what I usually say, right? Uh, man, it's really good to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on Lydia Radio, right? <laughs> are we on a podcast? And, we are uh, on a podcast. And you write a blog. And 
You know, uh, my name is Kano, and I'm really honored to be here. And I'm here on behalf of Clandestine Live, where you're watching us live. That's why I keep spiking the camera over there, right, breaking <laughs> that that dimension. Uh, my name is Kano to my friends, and I'll introduce myself to the beings, if you will. Aho matakiase, zuya wawako mieyilo. It basically means, uh, you know, you know, my na- name is Kano, but uh, I want to say that I. Uh, my mother is of the Lakota people. My father is of the Pueblo. And uh, my name is Peaceful Warrior. Oh. And I come here uh, on behalf of uh, a mission, if you will, a life mission, a vision, a vision quest of, of seeing a, a small child holding uh, a blossoming flower of a sage plant. So anyone out there knows what sage is, and, and we all hope to meet sages as we go. You know, and, and today I'm sitting with Dr. Setyan Vaughn, and he's definitely a true sage. And as he says, I'm definitely using these really spectacular terms because I want to hit, right? <laughs> let's, let's go marketing spectacular. Definitely want to back up the, the idea or the thought process that what Vaughn has done is really created because of out of his own heart he saw a need. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't make the decision to just open his wallet, basically, right. get, get in his car, put the gas in the car, right. go meet tribal leaders and show up when it was time to show up, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So, right. you know, as we broadcast live to however many thousands and millions of people, eventually we want to know that, you know, there's a cause. And right. I want to thank Dr. Set Young here for taking the the energy. And, and we're speaking of of. of positive things right yes and there's absolutely. like you said healthcare is in disarray and we can speak to a lot of things if we want to get yep. snappy and get <laughs> political we can start arguing but really there's some facts and some education that right. a lot of us and that's why i love your format you're helping people like my mother people that have worked their entire lives right yeah and when they retired they they had it set before them that i'm okay right Right. But as as us sales guys and us suit jacket guys get together and we start counting beans, things change. Economies right. change. Five yeah. years, a year can be a short term. And that's why we're sitting here, because I know Dr. Setyan can express and speak directly to what's happening in real time right. in regard to health care, not only for Native people, but all of us in general. Absolutely. You know, Kano is very modest. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he does come with uh, enormous power and, and privilege yes. and, and the blessing that he has. Um, obviously, he was a, within the advisory board you know, for President Obama and his mom for the, for the Clintons. So right. that, that already itself, you know, gives huge credibility, but also a, a, the witness power of what has transpired. Right. And at the same time, um, the, the way he has uh, approached native country and what he has seen coming from the trenches Mm -hmm. that's very important you know we need to speak with people who come from the trenches who actually see what's really going on versus what the authorities say right uh which will give us the opportunity to implement unique solutions to a unique problem right right so so i know what i know about the native american Uh, communities is I know they're very traditional, Mm -hmm. they're very private. When I was in medical sales years ago, I used to go down to Sacatone and and there's a a medical facility hospital down there and um, all the doctors were white and all the staff member were Native American. Mm -hmm. And I questioned the doctors at one point. I said, why aren't there any Native American doctors? And they said that a lot of them don't, a lot of Native Americans don't think to go get educated and come back and mm-hmm. become the doctors, the dentists, the the, the 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 folks that need to help their own people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that you're trying to change that in in some you're trying to make it better so that folks that are Native American can get educated and better themselves and help their own folks. Sure. Right? Uh, maybe I can answer that question. Okay. Uh, and then Kano can chime in. Yes. Uh, as as a Native American to attest to that. Well, first of all, it is true. Uh, the, the Native American demographic has has low education versus uh, you know other demographics. But at the same time, you know you have to really go down to the to the root of the problem. Why is that? Right. You know, do they have any hope, or do they see the light at the end of the tunnel when right. they grow up uh, at the reservation level? No. 
they, they do not have or that they do not see medical schools and law schools and uh, proprietary schools and tertiary schools around surrounding their area so there is no role model for them right. they, they they hardly see anything right uh, that's one okay. uh, and then two uh, most of the Native Americans live off the reservation about okay. 80 percent so when they uh, grow up in that environment uh, it's not an affluent environment most of the time they're still struggling right and so so children still continue with the path towards not seeing, you know, the the opportunities for them that's available, right. that, uh, not knowing, you know, what they can do, right. uh, the potential. So there are organizations out there that really try to promote uh, Native American education and what what the potential could be. Right. Um, but we need a massive spark in education, in in healthcare, in economic development for it to resonate across the nation. Uh, we can't just, you know, w be talking to a few people and creating these small organizations, and we expect that it's going to reach the other side of right. you know, the United States at the same time. We, right. need, we need a huge, a, hu a much bigger platform right. for us to implement change. Okay. And once we start doing that, then, well, then we can go into high schools ar around the reservations. Yep. Let's put, you know, caregiver or home health um, AIDS kind of a certification program. Yep. So once before they graduate high school, now they can uh, go find a job right away. Now they can see value in themselves. Right. But when you don't do that, right. when they go out there in the real world and they get stuck because they right. don't know what to do, there is no guidance, there, right. there is no cipher, um, there is no reference point, there is no right. role model. Right. Imagine growing up in that kind of environment. So the, actually the root of the problem is, is that, is we need to create um, a stronger youth versus right. trying to fix a broken adult. Absolutely, yes. So, well, exactly. Uh, giving me the moment now uh, to to express uh, from my point of view as a tribal member, if you will, enrolled at uh, Oglala Lakota Nation, uh, watching my parents, family members embrace these things. Let's let's rewind to what I said: the suit and the jacket, the bean counters, and and education. Look at this! I'm getting—I never get nervous. <laughs> like literally, never. I should be nervous. I'm nervous because the <laughs> the content is so important. Right. Right. And so the education of of who we are, one as American citizens, is really important. And dialogue and definition of words is really plays into a lot of things if you're enrolled tribal member. Okay. Because a lot of times I come to a boardroom table and people are like, "Man, why are you you're working?" every industry how's that possible well because i work with tribes yeah and a tribe has every industry absolutely right? so if we rewind now to the setup and how our economy is in place right we all know we all know that currently the government is need to they need to get some things done to make sure we don't shut down again right right that's a real time factor thing right but as layman as an american citizen not native when i don't apply that it's easy to stream some programs and and not pay attention to some valued things def definition of time right okay 100 years is a very short time in this in this country yeah. okay because policies were set forth for for 100 years there were leases signed in 100 year terms and so if you rewind for all of us our country went through a prohibition of alcohol Right. Right. In that prohibition of alcohol, it wasn't just about alcohol or social yep. needs. It was about control of of chemicals. It was control of pharmaceuticals, right? Mm -hmm. Because with the control of alcohol and prohibition came out of that also the the notice that hey, cocaine is not regulated, cannabis is not regulated. Right. And so let's speak as a native person, okay? Cuz we we talk about uh, at that time, most of our native people were being treated by herbatologists, oh, basically, okay. right? Or medicine or whatever right. uh, stereotypical thought processes. But basically, it's your uncle over there that can heal you. And some of those things in their basket of tricks are natural remedies. Right. Okay, those remedies were not regulated. Uh, people couldn't make sense of how to make money. And we had profiteers, profiteering uh, things in mind so we all have to remember that there's only a couple there's literally under 20 bank accounts that kind of dictate what everything does so if we re rewind to prohibition 
then we talk about the American Medical Association. Yeah. We talk about the regulation of, of hemp and cannabis mm-hmm. and how that affected everybody right away thinks Cheech and Chong right. and smoking can- cannabis. But no, hemp, the hemp industry at that time was outshadowing every other industry. They were about to blast off because we all know, maybe we don't, maybe I should educate, with an a- acre of hemp, you can create and an acre of hemp, mind you, takes three months to grow. Okay. Okay. You can achieve an out of an acre of hemp. These are facts now. These right. are this used to be hearsay and okay, get out of here, Kano, quit <laughs> talking about this stuff. <laughs> now it's facts that we can we can produce out of an acre of hemp just as much as a whole mountainside or two mountainsides of trees. But in the day of industry and forestry, just like if I owned that timber company, I was going to make sure that, just like today, you know, if it was industries, right. the timber industry won. Right. So at this point, we all have to face that as Americans and understand, okay, well, let's rewind that to what we're talking about today. Right. Healthcare. Right. Okay, who won that war, if you will, economic war? Because whoever dictated that or whoever took control of his story, which is his story to history to us, yes, the policies are still in place. Right. We still look at 100-year leases. We still look at medical associations that have maintained funding from the federal government to fund a broken system. Right. Right. And we can get personal, and we've done that in the past, right? right? The Native American Religious Act was only passed in 1976, giving me the right to practice my religion without being federally prosecuted. Wow. So, and technically it's still, without that act, I wasn't able to arrange a group of people to talk about herbology or just simply, hey, if you drink a lot of water, it's good for you. Right, (laughs) right. And that's been philosophy that we've utilized for centuries, right? All of us. Right. Because we all come right. from a place that we sat around a fire as our only light and protection. Yeah. So let's let's that bring that to elders sitting at home now. Right. Elders who work their whole life have retirement. They retired. They had their health care set out for them for 30 years. Well, economy's changing. Well, I'm, I'm literally getting kind of emotional, but economy's change. Right. And we can, again, we can point fix fingers and luckily a lot of people did that because in the 60s 70s there was things changed and a lot of our people all of our friends and family went through discomfort and there's still things going on right but if we continue to point fingers and to wonder whose fault it is well we're gonna we don't do anything right so the the solutions are as a native person what i see is the ownership of the land Yes. Needs to be reassessed, not that it's all owned by natives. Right. That we're all American citizens. Yes. We're all one. Yep. Right? And if we have these opportunities, they were created as reservations. Yeah. They were answering questions that were put to them over 100 years ago. We're still following the same policies. Yeah. So if yeah. you have an expert like Dr. Setyan or yourself who who is spreading the message. Yes. And again, I get on a pulpit because I get <laughs> emotional. But it's all about educating, educating yourself about the policies, right? What the ownership of the medical healthcare uh, industry is. Mm-hmm. Remember that corporations are legal entities in our, and and like he said, if we can educate our population, right? Because we still have the affluence, we still have Native Americans who are highly educated, who are right. willing to. But that comes to the disparity he talks about now. Right. So we we had talked earlier, and I know that there are some horrific conditions for kids. And Mm -hmm. what really got me was veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, You had mentioned that the Native Americans are the highest amount of veterans. They go and they they fight for our country Mm -hmm. and they come back to the reservation and there's no Mm -hmm. running water and no clean um, housing. No health care either. No health care. And there's so many veteran benefits. Is it is it just the education of trying to get the word to those veterans Mm -hmm. or how I I just have a hard time not understanding because there are resources for veterans. Sure. Well, look at it this way. Uh, as a demographic, statistically speaking, Native Americans give off the largest concentration of veterans to all armed forces. Right. So that effect alone 
should basically tell us that if you see an elder on the street, a native, they're, they're probably a, they're probably a, veteran, a veteran. veteran. Yeah. That's one. Um, right. Some veterans go back to the reservation. Okay. Where they came out of. Right. Where grandma is, where the gra- grandchildren are. Right. And, but where they go to is not the city. It's, um, it's, it's a place where there's nothing there. Right. There may be a hogan, let's say maybe a chapter house, uh, no running water, uh, no sewer, let's say. Um, and if they're a veteran, they have PTSD, mm-hmm. and they got to drive 60 miles to the nearest VA center, let's mm-hmm. say. How is it going to go? Right. And you have that. Um, so mental health is obviously one definite need for, and you you are, you are were in that arena at one point as well with, with your education. Right. Yeah. and psychiatric nursing. Um, yeah. So that that brings me to, so it's not just getting good health care. It's accessibility. It's accessibility. And part of it also, it sounds like, is just getting those resources to mm-hmm. those folks yeah. however we have to get it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, one thing that is always at when I was when we were putting the podcast together, I did have some people say, "Well, the Native Americans all have casinos on their land, and don't they use that revenue for health care and taking care of their own folks?" Right. And you explained to me that that's not always, even though there are casinos out there, and even though the idea is to get that revenue and to use it for for the Native American education, mm-hmm. right. health care. Um, schools um what exactly are you finding with that well um you want to start with that one sure i could be real simple you know because we have laymen and we this is entertainment if you will right and you spoke about how i'm working in healthcare and mental health and i do I, our show is utilizing music arts entertainment mm. as a means to bolster awareness prevention yeah. right much like yours is yeah and so when we, we look at uh, the disparities of finances, we talked about tribal members having to leave the reservation. If you're going to start a small business, depending on the business, more than likely if, you're, if you have a food truck, it's, it's going to be, be pretty outside. tough, right? Because yeah. you're going to sell to, I'm going to sell to my brother and my cousins right. and, and et cetera. But if I go to Phoenix now, yeah. a whole lot of sales. Well. Now I'm away from my home, I'm away from everything that extends, but I have to do that. And then you move to where, if I have acreage on the land, I don't hold a deed to that land. Right. And I can't build wealth on it, right? Right. So now let's take that to casinos and different things. And to stay on a positive note, because Mm -hmm. again, we can point fingers, we can cry, but uh, just so citizens of Tempe, and as we, because I'm really proud of it, as I drive around, I realize that Proposition 202 allowed tribes uh, 12% uh, amount to be given to municipalities, nonprofit groups, organizations, schools. Okay. So there is a movement if you do some some issues. So as you go to the new park in Mesa, Pioneer Park, or if you right. go to different parks, you can probably guess that it was it was off of a grant from gaming. Interesting. Right, okay. which is so beautiful, right? That's opulence for our children, our right. communities, right? But now let's look to what can we do to address the fact that, and, and I know these guys will pat me on the back, but it's my thought that as it, if a tribal me- tribal chairman is technically, and the council are technically the boss, they, they're the least, they're the landlords of the casino, right? Right. right. The casino is managed, but if the casino manager is making more than the tribal chairman, to me there's a disparity right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Hey, I'll, I'll expect a kickback. You guys kidding? No, I'm I'm trying to get tribal chairman uh, raises. It sounds like right now, but what I'm saying is on an economy. Right. If the if the people that are holding the sovereignty and if bodies are connected to the machine, and if that same body is still in a third world level uh, economic situation, yeah. even after having a master's degree education. Right. There's a disparity that's hurting all yeah. of us, yep. right? And I'm okay with everybody making their money, capitalism, and we live in the United States of America. And I want my products to go clandestine live. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna push my stuff. Right. But at this point in juncture, we see in every place that you look, right? This happens. But our our place is healthcare. 
let's look to healthcare and, and, and see is it okay for one entity or one organization right. to take 99.9% of all the earnings, all the money, and buy a boat and a yacht? I guess it's okay via, via capitalism because right. you want, at the end of the day, invite me to your yacht because I'm coming, right? Because <laughs> we are in the United States of America, right? right? But it seems that because of the population growth in every industry, every city, everywhere you go, there's so many people, some of these policies need to be nudged. Right. And so we can look to where economic development can be nudged through through healthcare right now because there's a lot of waste. I do suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if you just look to that, I don't have any funds. Wow. Right? I have very little yeah. There's funds there, but it takes a team and a whole right. bunch of people to embrace it. And and meanwhile, every day we're losing people to suicide right. on every. And we talked about veterans. Okay? Right. Veterans are are hit the hardest. Okay. And yes. it's not just Native American veterans; it's all of all our veterans. Of yes, yeah. I agree with you that. You know, and so we have people that are needing to make money, and there's people that are okay. also needing to have social programs. We're meeting in the middle now. Right. It's time if. If in the 20s they could literally pass a prohibition law and pour out a bunch of alcohol everywhere and they could stand on that for a little while, I think we can get together and make <laughs> some money on health care. I think we can, and I believe Dr. Setyan, because of our unique abilities with tribal sovereignty, okay, I'm happy that we have gaming and entertainment. I'm in a band. We were hired by tribal casinos, but I can say there was not at this point there has not been an economy created for us mm -hmm. most people think if you're native and if you live in a gaming tribe you have money well i want to say harshly that it's not the case yeah if you see a native person out there don't think we all have money because exactly. it is not the case and we do not get free health care and we right. do not get checks every month and that's why you see Native Americans in a impoverished situation. Mm -hmm. And if you're at the grocery store and you see some of my family members in a lower level financial situation, instead of judging, right. remember that if your parents, if you own a home, if you own a lease, if you own a mortgage, if you have a, land, a cabin in the woods, if you have land, or if you're one of the lucky people who have 150,000 acres next to the Choctaw tribe or the Cherokee tribe or the Blackfoot tribe or the, or the Anishinaabe in Canada or the Lakota tribe. If you are a rancher that owns, owns thousands of acres, understand that those native kids next to you, that's their inherent land. Mm -hmm. They do not have a deed. They cannot build wealth. And so we want to dis move that stereotype right, right out of yep. the off the table that Native Americans are not in prosperity and right. opulence right now due right. to casinos. Right. Most of the money has been made by gaming organizations, which mm -hmm. is valid because they do the work. They right. did the investment. But as we educate, these new policies have to move into if there's a hospital being built on a Native American community or if there's a casino or a hotel and there's a multi-million dollar project moving, if you're getting investment for over $100,000 to do anything on a tribal area, take yourself down there and donate to a Native American-owned nonprofit, please, mm -hmm. because none of those Native tribal members are getting a check off of that. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's what I think we had talked about, that, you know, here in Scottsdale, they actually they they saw a vision, mm -hmm. and um, they actually are making money off of, and that's what they're going to be building a two hundred thousand square foot. Right. Oh, Salt River, Salt River is very <coughs> very progressive, right. and uh, obviously Carlos' family members are within the Salt River as well. Right, and we we speak with the healthcare department there, so we we know what the. Uh, how how progressive they are as far as bringing in integrative medicine right. you know, to the reservation, and obviously the one-on-one -on -one deal and the pavilion um, help them with economic progress for right. them to right. have retained earnings for them to push right. into for their projects. 
There's but most casinos do not make yeah, it, well, or they're or they're just the breaking very few, even. Very right. few let's, let's clarify that. Money. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not here on a pedestal saying, "Hey, there's. <laughs> hey, give me money." It's yeah. it's about the value. Yeah, yeah. and and, and uh, the the larger the 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 tribal membership. Uh, the less of the money is allocated, you know, from right. the casino. So it's kind of, you may have a couple of casinos that make money, right. but it doesn't mean that, that the members actually. Right. Right. Well, I think the, by that. even the vision of or the thought process of me having emotion and getting emotion about it, I think that speaks to even the cultural, because back to where you said tribes are private, yeah. if you will. Uh, there is privacy, but I think a lot of the privacy came due to reaction to survival right right but you also go to where uh, a lot of times in my culture what i was taught in my family wasn't a separation of emotion and business it wasn't a separation of personal and business because if you're having to separate your business so much from your personal maybe your business isn't all that good yeah if you can't talk about your business at the table because kids are there well, of course, there's certain things we don't talk about. Right, but right. if you can't express that and bring your business home and be proud of that and be wholesome, and I believe that our capitalist society, you know, has really pushed us into that position of right. where we uh, culturally, my family anyway, I can speak for, we were raised to take care of each other. Right. You know, but as expenditures go and when the rents do, and the bills are due, it's really hard to take care of your brother. Right. Right. And so uh, in tribal way, I think it's been difficult for me even to move into where you're now you're labeling things. Right. Right. That right. They're not labeled that way in my culture. Right. Uh, socialism, capitalism. What does that mean when in my culture, a painting was just as valuable as right as that buffalo that came in? Yes. And that buffalo, to me, would be money. It right. would be it would be any kind of thing I could feed my family with. Right, right. And we can actually uh, we, we can look at economic development from the healthcare standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can use healthcare to solve the rest of the problems mm-hmm. uh, within native country and beyond. Right. Uh, I think that first of all, um, finding solutions in native health. Yes. Will also bring solutions to our national healthcare crisis. Yeah, I think I agree. that's that's one. Uh, and then two, um, what good does it do when a casino makes billions of dollars when the society is sick? Right. So we, we need to address the health care first. We need to address from the, the, the child to the peds all the way to the elders. Right. It's to create, let's say, something that uh, billions of dollars have not yet, right? You have Indian Health Service. Right. It gets $5 billion a year from the federal government. It's not doing anything. Right. And then every year is the same disparity, and, right. and disparities just become worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, so if you, it can go to the most richest tribe in the United States to the poorest, right. and I can reassure you, the healthcare disparities are the same. Right. Salt River Pima, we're talking about uh, casinos making money. Uh, did you know that the highest concentration of diabetes in the United States is in Salt River Pima? I did know that. So, so is that is that um, across the Native American? Is that diabetes is? It, but it just seems to be prevalent in. Uh, yes. Uh, well, first of all, it has to do with the diet, the dietary change, okay. the, uh, the the river that was once there, and they used to fish and hunt. Now the their diet has changed. Okay. So now they they're creating this this ailments as far as diabetes go. Okay. And at the same time, we have unneeded amputations happening across yes. the reservations. And medical doctors actually make a lot of money by uh, those amputations versus uh, treating the disease. Right. So medical doctors see it as a better business for them to just chopping off limbs. Yeah. And if you're on the reservation, there's less regulation, let's say, less less oversight, so you'll see more and more of those amputations versus in the city. Which I we had that discussion because when I was going down to Sacatone, I it, I was right next to the department of of um, of where they were doing that, and I couldn't mm-hmm. believe how many people had uh, had their their limbs amputated yep. i was just shocked about that right so it, and then you had mentioned that they do make more money off of that so really a lot of it is just educating um obviously the native americans on 
eating better and trying to stay healthier and and educating the doctors oh, too. Oh sure, I mean yeah, educating doctors is one thing. You know, them looking uh, going after their profits is another. Um, and at the same time, the the Native American DNA doesn't allow sugar to be processed. They don't understand mm. that they didn't have apples, you know, anything sugary stuff. They had squash and all that. Right. And also, they had their own way of dieting. If they didn't have food at that time, they didn't eat. So it was kind of natural fasting. Mm. So when these uh, products and produce came in, they kind of uh, put everything out of whack. Right. Well, I mean, myself, just culturally, I I I can't even speak saying that it's a tribal thing but i right. know i have inherited a uh, f- uh famine and feasts culture or thought process right mm-hmm. of where like you're saying uh festival time and you're 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 planning up you know you're uh, expressing more than you need for a certain moment right, right and right. uh as we move into the diet stuff the valley we live in is so different right right uh when you come from from the back from back east or another place to phoenix or and you drive into you fly into sky harbor and you see this dryness you don't realize that this was a an oasis you can right. read it and uh if you just do a little bit of research right historical research and you can't count on all the uh writings if you will right because some of the books are irrelevant if right. you look to what the culture was so when i was 20 years old i'm 49 uh, some 20 years old, I got to drive around a 96-year-old Pima man. And as we drove across the Mill Avenue Bridge, he told, he ex- exclaimed, you know, this, is, this used to be full of water, and, and this was green trees as far as you could see. Wow. You could hunt deer down by Papago Park. You could express, and he talked about picking raspberries. So the whole process, like Dr. Setyad's saying, the whole thought, even as a native person, okay, me sitting here, a Lakota Pueblo person, I also had to do uh, soul searching, if you will, to realize that some of the things that I thought were tradition right. were really survival mode. Right. Right. And it's okay for me to go to Whole Foods. Right. It's okay for me to express my traditional food. You know, yes, it's fun to have fry bread and we have movies and all these things. Yeah. But if we really look at the history and see that this, this, valley here was an oasis to people for thousands of years yeah. and the autumn people hosted many people mm-hmm. and they had a an economy that thrived within the foods and the culture they were mm-hmm. used to so mm-hmm. my my point is is that every native person myself included has to be empowered to know that hey you're worth eating better right one and you're worth uh, a quality of life right and and I, and I think maybe uh, if we look at it from the positive standpoint, right. I think that it's it's uh, the the time is the time has come for right. us to be not only positive but for us to implement strategic solutions. Absolutely, this, right? there you go. So, right. So uh, this is what I think. I, I think first of all, the philosophy is that um, if if you have a society or a country, if the indigenous population is worse off than the rest, right then that society or country is on a guaranteed path toward self-destruction. Exactly. Which means, okay, let's uh, reverse engineer. Uh, why don't we, the, the, the non-natives and natives, come together uh, to learn from each other right. what works. Right. right. Which means that to connect providers of healthcare with native providers, for right. example, let's say native health organization, for example, with maybe uh, Dr. Lin at Safe, Safe Harbor, for right. example, mm-hmm. or a doctor. So they can connect. Right. So they can bring in nephrology right. and, and, and endocrinology and host well, calls and so forth. I think that's the important thing to say that most doctors are doctors because they they believe in the oath. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've never. Help yeah. I mean, yeah. most of the time, and any of us caught in these these situations, and and that is the solution is to bring. Uh, healthcare uh, and, and that's the thing. The the solution is there. Right. Um, why can we build? the first indigenous children's hospital in Maricopa County yeah. that would not only address the genetic ailments that other hospitals don't address, but we invite the, the global indigenous children to come here to yeah. create commerce in the medical city. Why can't we do that? Right. I'm sure a few people out there have a couple of billions sitting. Yeah. You know, they can do something good in that sense where they can have a generational change. Right. Uh, why can't, let's say, um, native hospitals team up with, let's say, post-acute 
right. agencies. Right. Like the, you know, we have several home health and hospice right. and palliative services, yep. right? You know, we have assistio home health, let's say. You know, we we have a Savior Hospice, for example, and, and all, all those this organizations coming together. Right. Why can we have create that bridge? Because Native Health, for example. Um, is looking for somebody to staff five home health patients, okay? okay. Nobody's taking them. Wow. Whether, whether they don't want to serve or whether they think they need a separate um, uh, you know, insurance for the natives, right. whatever that misinformation right. is, right? At the same time, we already know that providers are, are uh, if they don't see that as business viable, they're not right. going to do it, right? right. Okay, right. well, and then Assistio Home Health comes in right. and then takes all those patients in less than 24 hours. Right. Don't you think that kind of shows the community Absolutely. at the native side that there is hope that now grandma doesn't right. have to get discharged from a hospital right. and now go back to the hospital right. now? So these are the, 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 the minor uh, examples that we can utilize right. to kind of speak with the hospitals right. now to create that bridge between Absolutely. native with, with a non-native, with and the medicine man, with the clergy. Right. When was the last time you heard that a medicine man was used, you know, at a policy level okay. for a hospice patient, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I wrote the first policies uh, through CMS Innovation on utilization of medicine men for hospice care. Mm -hmm. Well, the medicine men statement, uh, holy person or healer, brings me to uh, where I, again, uh, and, and excuse me, you know, I know we talk about some heated things, you know, and when you speak about a medicine man servicing services being paid for on policy, uh, I have to say that I've witnessed right now that there's some of the largest medical organizations that at last last resort through through some of the most seriously ill patients there's still medicine people being called into the room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's still unexplainable things happening mm -hmm. and that's what as a musician and artist that has a background in nursing or a background in behavioral health and then an interest in and understanding what our psyche is, mm -hmm. I know what a song can do to my brain. Absolutely. I know what a song can do to my mood. And it's really time to push past uh, things that were written 50 years ago. Right, right. Just because it pays some guy. Yeah. Literally. Um, and so. Right. To speak to that, there's policies and there's procedures. Yeah, Medicare, I mean, Medicare CMS needs to realize that, you know, it's it's an archaic organization. Right. Even their system is, is archaic. So they need to come back to reality right. and start working with the people. Well, one thing that I see from what you all have said, mm -hmm. too, is that we're in a time right now where um, getting services to anybody medically is really important. And we have the baby boomers. We have so many people that are housebound that can't get to doctors or or hospitals. Of and so because of that, lots of um, companies have come up like Dispatch Health, mm -hmm. which is a mobile urgent care, yeah. and lots of other um companies that are mobile that can get to there's mobile dentistries of arizona for teeth cleanings yep. and mm -hmm. and and things like that so there's we're at a time i think in our society where we can bring those resources right. to the native american and get them not just get them healthy but get the economy going and get them to a point where where they can sustain and and live a better life and and send their send their kids get their kids educated and send their kids off to medical school or yep. nursing school or um, behavioral health clinics mm -hmm. to 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 come back and maybe help facilitate some of those resources sure and, so, the, and the tribes are ready to also yeah. contract with um, non-native uh, mm -hmm. organizations outside the tribe right. to bring in all the latest technology and health right. innovation into the tribe. I think it's going to take companies uh, like Dispatch yep. uh, to understand what it takes. Right. right. That that the doors are there. Right. I mean, the hospital, there's so many people now that we need these services. Absolutely. It's, it's almost beyond just a luxury, right? right. We need... We need them to be able to bring me my health care to my house right. now, right? right? Because we we just need it to help well, the and, economy, right? And my even my oldest daughter, who's a registered nurse at Banner Desert, um, 
they have, she has told me many times, especially in the wintertime when we have all of our winter visitors and our hospitals are overcrowded and, and there's just not enough room, she has said, Mom, you need to use services like Dispatch Health and mobile services, mobile doctors, yeah. mobile podiatry. There's all kinds of services yeah. out there that could, that, that not just um, Native Americans, but everybody can use. Yeah, mobile, mobile services and telemedicine and, yep. and teledoc and uh, all the uh, latest innovation and in technology is being incorporated now mm -hmm. into select providers who are not only uh, see the vision, right. but also are able to do that. Right. Uh, you have very few home health organizations, for example, that have incorporated uh, mobile doc. Okay. Uh, just because uh, they may uh, not be able to to utilize their funds uh, right. efficiently, or they don't know how to. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you do have those select organizations mm -hmm. who can partner up, let's say, with you know Dispatch Health, right, or Safe Harbor, or MD Twenty Four, let's say, right, right. Uh, with the doctors that we know. So right. I think it's time for the most competent and stable organizations yep. to come together, yeah, to create this this network of providers. So instead of seeing each other as as uh, competition, right. Uh, to see each other as a collaborative group right. because Medicare is trying to kind of shut down all the mom, mom and pop stores right now, as right. you already know. And so that forces these competitors right. to come together as friends to really help each other not to go out of business, right. one. And then two, to make a stronger foundation right. for the elders uh, to get the care that they need. Right. So now we're going from native mm -hmm. to the general population. Now, right. and I think that Maricopa County can be the hub right. of healthcare innovation. I right. think it can be the hub of where we can use it as an example yep. in all the counties or you know, throughout the United States to show listen, you know, here's a model. Yep. Here's a hospital, here's a network of providers, acute, post acute, sub acute and right. so forth. Trauma units, you name it. Right. Let's get the data together and see how it's affecting the natives. Uh, are we seeing any change in their right. diabetes, in the stroke and so forth? And then, and then maybe that will teach IHS right. one one thing or two versus right. all the all the funds going into the administrator's coffers, right. and nothing is being built. Right. Um, it's important for people to know that IHS has all these dollars, and they just create these empty hospitals that are run by administrators and clerics. Right. There, there is no competent uh, person in there for them to run it. Right. And 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 the natives. On the reservation, they think they're obligated to use IHS hospitals, mm -hmm. not knowing that there are others that they that can, they utilize. can utilize yeah. for them to see the results. Okay. So when they're exposed to incompetence, after a while, they think this is it. Oh, oh yeah. this is all I deserve. Right. They don't know that a grandma it deserves a better sniff. Absolutely. Or a veteran. Or a deserves veteran. a better. That's right. They yeah. think this is it. So this is what I mean. We got to change. We got to shatter all that misinformation yeah. and to elevate everybody to the level. Absolutely. Of, of the same health, you know, so right. at least the health standards. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it brings us out of the fog of the emotions right. and the pointing of fingers is like, like Dr. Said Young here says, is that there, there's organizations right. who are uh, progressively treating patients and as he said there, you don't need a special co contract to treat a Native right. American person, right? But as we go, we have to s express that to medical organizations, professionals, mm -hmm. that right. if you do your paperwork right, uh, you can build these services. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So we're kind of here basically also as a, an educational um, platform right. for us to be the bridge between, right. let's say, Mayo Right. Uh, clinic and a native health right. care coordination. Right. Uh, what uh, post-acute providers can be in the middle who right. have had the experience of helping these right. uh, difficult patients. Right. So there is so much to talk about with uh, the Native Americans. We are going to have to have you both back. All right. But give us the, so there is an organization that you have, a nonprofit organization. Would you give us a little bit of information sure, about that? Sure, that's Operations gonna, Peace Project. Okay, so we're going to add that to the podcast, too, yeah. so people can oh, actually great. see it. Right. So tell us a little bit about that program. Well, Operation Peace Project is a 501c3. Okay. And we're utilizing music, arts, entertainment, media and events as a means to bolster awareness and prevention of suicide. Okay. 
Uh, we created a show called Clandestine Live. It's an online variety show that we're, I believe we're live on our format right now. And what we're doing is raising awareness, uh, much like Susan G. Komen Foundation right. did, yep. right? Turned the world pink. Well, we're, we're gonna get everybody to embark and, and say it with us, clandestine live, right? Because we're living, we're alive. Right. Clandestine is, we're all destined to be one clan. Right. Whether we like it or not. <laughs> uh, we come from each one of us, no matter where you live, no matter who you are, we all come from a place that we sat around a fire as, yeah. our, as our light and as our safety. So give us the website if someone listening wants to donate right away. We'll, all, we'll add it as well, but um, give us the website so someone can get into it. You want to visit us at operationpeaceproject.org. Okay. And there's links there to donate, many avenues of donation okay. that make it very easily. There's a lot of media and a lot of things you can do to support, again, is follow, like, and share as mm -hmm. you see our content on media. And to boast, we've stuck pretty organic. You know, there's algorithms, all these things that you yep. want to do, and you, we will instill. But please, it's important for us to send us messages right now. Right. Yeah. We're building a database, and uh, we definitely want to control what the message is and keep it intact, you know, right. with organizations like yourself, groups yeah. that are... Uh, meaning well, right. you know, because your show is doing great things. I watched it and oh, thank you. I, I had an excuse to brag to my mom. Hey, I'm helping <laughs> you today, mom, you know, and she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> she knows me. So yeah. thank you, Lydia. Yeah, we're awesome. thank you for we coming. are after health care reform. Yes. And I think the time has come and I think uh, the time has come for us to join forces. Absolutely. Into making extraordinary things right here Absolutely. in town. Right. I agree. And I like the idea that Arizona can be a, uh, testing ground and we can take our what we do here and take it to other tribes and other mm -hmm. cities and other states and absolutely and we that, do have the infrastructure. i'm super excited because arizona seems to be the forefront since we have so many seniors and children oh, sure. right. we seem to be the forefront of a lot of medical well technology is, is out there right Aduce is doing all these deals with israel why yep. not have our deals with uh with native health here right exactly in exactly <laughs> Well, thank you both thank you for so coming. Much, I really, I You're really am kind. so excited and honored <laughs> to have you both. And you can come back anytime. Thank I'm you so super much. excited. So that's it for Solving Life's Next Chapter. And we will have them both back. We're going to talk um, maybe next time on um, children's issues, women's issues, veteran issues. Um, there's a lot to talk about with Native American health care and economics. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.